know. The real classics. Defender, Pac-Man, Asteroids. Games you play in an arcade, which was a building outside of your house. You would go there with your friends, listen to music, cute girls everywhere. In ancient times, they called it socializing. This is episode 48 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. Alex, Defender, Pac-Man, Asteroids? What movie did we watch? No idea. It must have been related to uh, 80s classic war games would be my expectation. Oh, um, Ready Player One. Yeah, uh, Ready Player Two. That's the name he picked for his next book, by the way. Don't know if you saw that. Uh, We watched Pixels. (laughs) Yeah, I did not see that. I did not know that there was going to be a sequel. To be honest, I didn't know if that person was still alive or not. Uh, he's he's like young. Yeah, eh. that makes. A he lot just of seems sense. old because he kind of writes boomer books. It's um, a very boomer book. Yeah. Hey, if you uh, if you liked that book, go watch or go read Reem D by uh, Neil Stevenson. It's way better, and it's it's just way better. I mean, it's like I'm, the same I'm, vibe. I'm trying to read it. I like Snow Crash a lot, though. I said if they liked Ready Player One, so I'm not. I don't think you would like Ready Player One. I thought it was a fine book, by the way. I don't have problems with it like a lot of people do because I don't have a a significant problem with nostalgia. Um, I just think, you know, changing nostalgia to be what you remember it to be and, you know, tinting it to be something it wasn't is lame and boring and dumb and you shouldn't do it. Yeah, I really don't like when people cast every popular book as something that has to be perfect too like Mm -hmm. ready player one gets a lot of crap and i know that there are like some weird things about it but i mean it doesn't have to be a great book or like a great plot to be fun and entertaining especially for like it's kind of directed toward kids you know yeah it's also kind of directed towards people who just play a lot of video games and are like, ha, cool 80s reference. Yeah. Um, that said, I was born in 92 and I got every reference in the book. The references aren't super deep. They're pretty much laid out for you. Well, I wasn't talking about Ready Player One anymore. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was talking about this movie. Uh, what movie? Uh, Pixels. Yeah, I heard of it. <laughs> Alex, we were watching every Adam Sandler movie and Adam Sandler and Jason movie in a row 60 days in a row and we're podcasting about it why are we doing this well in this podcast we will be explaining what it is we do to explain adam sandler in 0.5 laughs per episode but to answer that we need to talk about parallel universes see by watching a person in their home state we get some information about an actor adam sandler is a floating idea that is converted to an integral ideal within a truncated movie or scene Therefore, we can detect Adam Sandler's true position by checking on which box he lands on, even if it's within parallel universes that we must use some creative liberties to get to. All this to speedrun in just 60 days. The question, does Adam Sandler deserve all the hate? Now, I'm also cheating because I know what this reference is to, because you told me, but also because I know. Yeah, I I believe I made you watch this video once before. Yeah, and it, Um, it blew my mind. It is uh, a YouTube video by someone that goes by Pan and Coke 2012. I believe that means pancake in Dutch. Um, and it is about not only speed running necessarily, but the amazing things people do to get inside of games and learn their limits, specifically Mario 64 in this. Um, yeah. And the references to parallel universes is something that became quite a joke. Um, 
in many ways for people to make fun of the speedrunning community. The speedrunning community used that line as a joke themselves, but people were like, look how much they get into this and how much they know about this. Isn't that lame? As if, uh, you know, having intense knowledge of a subject is inherently bad. Um, when especially this w video was used to to inform and was extremely entertaining. Um, I know yeah. I showed it to you who... I don't speedrun. Yeah, you're not into speedrunning at all. Um, so no, but like, I, I don't even like necessarily to watch speedruns. Mm -hmm. But I love the shit out of that video. And I think about it way too often. And please, nobody show Joe Rogan that, that, that video. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't show Joe Rogan please. the speedrun video. Please don't. That would... That would be the worst day. Um, yeah. I don't want anyone who likes Joe Rogan to start talking about uh, speedrunning. We already have enough issues within the community right now. <laughs> because um, something I want to talk about is uh, fuck Billy Mitchell. He's a piece of shit. Well, let's not cheater. get there yet. No, I got to I start with it. I need that off the top. Um, because we're talking about this stuff. And this movie has a character who is Billy Mitchell. Um, mixed with a few other people, but it's Billy Mitchell. That's not, you know, It's pretend. mostly Billy Mitchell. Like, it was recognizable enough to me, the fact that he even kind of looks like Billy Mitchell. Yes, he has his hair cut. Yeah. Um, he dresses in a, like, faux-American way. American? <laughs> American. Americana. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, he's, and he's a piece of shit, which is what people really know him for. Um, I just wanted to point that out. You know, we'll talk about it more later, uh, probably a lot. But fuck Billy Mitchell. He uh, deserves nothing, and he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I had to preface this with allegedly, because I nope. feel like Billy Mitchell would be the kind of person to sue. He, uh, in <laughs> fact, will. He tried suing three people in the past month, including Guinness World Records, and the person that proved he's a cheater. Yeah. Um, but he is a cheater. Allegedly. And it's been proven multiple times. And fuck him. I, I said that loudly at Gen Con like, last year because <laughs> they invited some known cheater who's not like representative of the community and then paid him money to be there. So I loudly talked about him being a cheater outside the room multiple times. And it was Every fun. time we walked by it, you just got angry. You were very angry. Well, like, I'm trying to think of a, a similar experience. Like, it, it's like, is Jose Canseco the one who did all the steroids? I couldn't tell you. I think Why are you is. asking me? <laughs> but it's like inviting, you know, like the White Sox from whenever they cheated to like a baseball game. Everyone who's there should be like, hey, fuck those guys who cheated. You know, like it's it's that um, it's it's really shitty to be seen by the one person everyone knows is like an abhorrent asshole and is a cheater. How many times did you laugh at this movie? I laughed 49 times. It's a pretty decent movie. It's pretty decent. I know a lot. People give this movie a lot of hate for, yeah, for um, I think, bad reasons, actually. Yeah, I, I don't really see where the hate comes from. I think it could have been a better movie. Um, oh, yeah. It wasn't a great movie. Yeah. Um, but I probably would have loved it as a kid. Yeah, I, I think I would like it more, too, if, um, you know, some script changes didn't happen, which I'm going to talk about. But also, they just kind of, they rushed through a few parts that I feel like shouldn't have been rushed through. Um, and they missed some big kind of thematic swings. Um, they obviously wanted it to be a kind of Independence Day movie, um, which I don't even know 
I don't know that only because I watched the movie, but because Sony execs said so um, in emails. They made explicit references to Independence Day in this movie. Yeah. But um, because of some, I think, uh, issues making the movie, they fell flat on a few of their themes. And it's stuff I want to talk about uh, later. But until then, this is a... I'm giving it a two-star Sandlayer film. Uh-huh. Because I think a lot of the stuff that was important in the movie got cut by executives. So I don't want to give it a full three stars, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is was... Is that ri- fair? It was written by Tim Hurley, um, who's worked with Adam Sandler before. It stars Adam Sandler and Kevin James. And I know that he, like, worked to get Kevin James on the movie... Uh, it has a couple of those classic Sandler touches. Like there's a character named Lamonsoff. There is a um, love interest whose initials are VV. Very early Sandler-esque um, things. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot. Um, Adam Sandler actually has a writing credit on this movie also. Oh, okay. Um, then, then definitely. I think it deserves its two stars. Um, but it, it is also partially produced by Happy Madison, so I'd normally give it three stars, but, um, and whether or not this is cheating, people can tell me if they think it's cheating. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the changes that were kind of forcibly pushed on them by Sony executives and why I think it doesn't get the three stars. Yeah. Um, and, and also why the movie isn't as good as it could have been, yeah. um, including, hey, they, they forced the movie to be in 3D also. Oh, come on. Sony loved 3D back then. It was 2015. Everything slightly sucked in 2015. I think, let's do ratings. Yes. Um, I think that critics gave it 15 even. And I think that audience gave it probably like a 40. Audience gave it 46%. Mm. Critics gave it 17%. So you're very close on I that. Was, I was very close. I'm proud of that that guess. I think undeservedly so. I'm surprised, actually, that the audience didn't like it as much. I'm surprised that the audience reaction to this movie was so negative. I understand a little negative, but why so negative? Well, here's what I think. There is the boomers who think the 80s ruled and everything good came from the 80s. And this movie has an aspect of, look how sick the 80s were. That was like my original quote. But they very specifically don't really shit on the new stuff. They think they do at times, but it shows more that Adam Sandler's character is out of touch, not that it's inherently bad. And for people who are like into new video games and stuff, it didn't have a a close enough relation to how video games actually are perceived and work right now, Mm. which is a shame because, hey, hen, the original script did. You know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I don't there are very few movies that were were good that came out in 2015. There were a few that are like super good, like Mad Max came out this year. Yeah, that movie was amazing. Ant-Man came out. I liked Ant-Man just fine. I liked it. Um, Avengers Age of Ultron was OK, too. Um, but people are so used to like now. I mean, this is like the 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 Marvel era, so, like, you get any kind of action-y movie, they're expecting a certain thing. This movie, for the record, also had um, Jurassic World, which I thought actually kind of sucked, which sucks. Jurassic World was really bad. I love dinosaurs. How did they make that movie bad? Uh, Terminator Genesis, um, Fantastic Four. Um, Fantastic Four? The other one? Oh. Yeah. I, I will say, 
that uh that might have been the single funniest movie I've ever gone and seen just because uh for the next six months at least uh me and Ben's other roommate would look at us sometimes and go that's fantastic (laughs) (laughs) and like you just do versions of that and I would like cry laughing every time um um, yeah, that movie was really bad. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really bad movies that came out, and but but a lot of really good ones too that came out in 2015. Uh, but I just don't think that this one falls into the really bad ones. No, Turbo this... Kid. Turbo Kid came out in 2015. That's a good movie. I've never seen it. Oh, it's, it's really good. It's a cult classic. Yeah, there's just the action wasn't great. That's for sure. But it was more for kids. It had a slightly too adult theme for kids, unfortunately. It doesn't hit that yeah. family narrative well. Because they tried to turn it into an Avengers. Almost. They tried to turn it into like a Marvel movie almost, like way too action-y not and, literally, and not enough kid. They they mainstreamed it too much is the actual issue. Um, yeah. This is a conversation I really want to have after the recap in the script. Yeah, okay, I'll recap. Um, so the movie opens in 1982, where child Kevin James and child Adam Sandler go to their town's new arcade. Sandler is a natural at video games, whereas Kevin James is only good at the claw game. Uh, Because Sandler's so good, he goes to the video game championships, which is being taped by NASA to be sent off into space. They also meet Josh Gad, who plays Ludlow Lamansoff. He's also a child. You, You didn't put that in it, but it seems like they met an old man. He's also a child. <laughs> okay, yes, child Josh Gad. <laughs> Everyone else you wrote child before except for him, and it, it makes it seem like they met a weird old man. Uh, close enough, though. Uh, he's obsessed with a character named Lady Lisa. Um, and then child Peter Dinklage wins against uh, Sandler in Donkey Kong. Uh, Donkey Kong doesn't use patterns, whereas the other games do have patterns, and that's kind of how Sandler like wins the games is by understanding the patterns. I got to cut in again because uh, the character named Lady Lisa is a video game character, not a real character in the movie, just because it, it sounds like it was just a real person. It's yeah, not. yeah, yeah, yeah. She is a, a katana wielding video game character. Which was made for the movie, not a one that is actually reference or like a real world reference. Is that real? Oh, huh, OK. Yeah, yeah. All right. You, you can play it on your phone. It looks really bad. Uh, present day. Nice little seamless transition. We have, um, oh, because Sandler, I mean, he loses the championship and and child Peter Dinklage, like, rubs it in his face. Uh, Present day, Sandler and Kevin James are having a drink in a bar. And then we look up at the TV and you get, like, a George W. Bush moment where he's reading to the kindergarten kids. Uh, Turns out Kevin James is the president in the present. And he's not very well liked. There's a crowd of protesters outside. But Sandler and him are still friends. Sandler works for what is essentially Geek Squad. Uh, He goes to a house to set up a TV where he meets Maddie and his mom, Violet. Uh, Violet is played by Michelle Monaghan. I want to be clear here. I've been using a lot of actors' names with the plot summaries recently, and I feel really bad because oftentimes I have the, like, I'll, I'll say all of the actor names until I get to, like, the love interest, and then I'll use the character name. I'm not trying to be sexist here. I just know that the listeners right now know who Kevin James and Adam Sandler are. Yeah, whereas that character I would not have recognized based off name alone. Yeah, I mean, like, I said 
Salma Hayek and Maya Rudolph too. I just want to be, I feel really bad every time I just like reduce these women to their character roles instead. Well, luckily, uh, Sony execs did try to get Jennifer Aniston for that role. But unfortunately, it would have cost more than the 2% more they would have made off the movie they expected. So they didn't do it. Uh, this movie would have been better with Jennifer uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she did fine, though, the, the actor. Yeah, yeah, Michelle Monaghan did fine. I'm glad, again, that they did pick a woman who is closer to Adam Sandler's age instead of a young woman, which is the pattern and habit of um, a lot of movies nowadays. No, yeah, movies forever, I would say, not just nowadays. Yeah. It is a yeah. big systematic issue that doesn't really touch Happy Madison. Uh, yeah, she's still 10 years younger than him, but it's fine, I guess. Once you're in your 40s, 10 years isn't shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he meets Maddie and his mom, Violet. He and Violet flirt in a closet where she's drinking champagne from a sippy cup uh, because her husband is leaving her for a 19-year-old Pilates instructor named Cinnamon with an S. But then she shoots him down and calls him a loser, and he calls her snappy. So while this is going down... A naval base in Guam is being attacked by Galaga, like the video game Galaga. Uh, I wish that they had done more with this scene because Galaga is my favorite arcade game. I'm disappointed. Uh, Sandler gets a call from Kevin James to ask him to come to the White House, and he's followed by Violet, it looks like. But it turns out she's a lieutenant colonel in the, in the Navy. Um, so she goes into the war room, but he gets to go to the Oval Office, and he confirms with Kevin James that it was indeed Galaga. And as he says to the war room later, not just any Galaga, but Galaga from 1982, because after like 1986 or something, he says that they changed the code or whatever. The people in the room don't really like him, especially like the the Department of Defense guy, who's just like an asshole and wants to bomb everything, which we'll talk about later too. So Sandler's asked to leave, and when he does... Josh Gad jumps out from the back of Sandler's van. <laughs> Gad's plan was to chloroform him. Uh, <laughs> it, this is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Is just like Sandler, like he has a baseball bat. He's like ready to threaten, like he's ready to beat up Josh Gad on the street. Anyway, Gad gets him to come to his house. Uh, Josh Gad is a conspiracy theorist. Uh, and he saw a message during his taping of One Tree Hill, uh, which is a nice deep fake of Reagan, Ronald Reagan and Madonna saying the rules of the game as the aliens have it. Um, the Earth has three lives and once they lose their three lives, they will be destroyed. Um, winner take all. Winner gets the other planet. Uh, so he brings this to the White House, but they don't follow through on it. They don't like believe him. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of wild. Uh, the coordinates for the next attack uh, are in India, and the Taj Mahal is destroyed by Arkanoid. That's like my favorite game from back in the day, I think. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've played it. Is Arkanoid the one where like, you bounce? You bounce. Okay, yes. I, I love that game. Yeah, that's a good mm -hmm. game. Arkanoid's good shit. Yeah. So now people believe them. The, the army believes. So they get the next coordinates uh, from another message. Jackie Sandler. We don't get to see this message. I'm disappointed. But Jackie Sandler does deliver the news to uh, the president and his wife. They also uh, develop light guns. Uh, well, Violet develops light guns to fight the pixels. Uh, but the soldiers don't learn anything from their training because they're trained by Adam Sandler and Josh Gad. Um, so when Centipede is attacking Hyde Park in London, Sandler and Gad have to fight the centipede because uh, they keep shooting the middle of the body and making the centipede split. Uh, for the next, before the next attack, they go get 
Oh, so they win. They get a trophy. They get the duck hunting dog as a trophy. The duck hunt dog. For the next attack, they get Peter Dinklage out of jail to help them. Peter Dinklage, yes, is in jail for like tax evasion or something like that. Um, and hacking phones. I want to point out at this point, they put in the most niche Armageddon joke I've ever seen. And it was super funny. Yeah. Um, props to everyone for that. What was the Armageddon joke? <laughs> Peter Dinklage says that if he helps save the world, he doesn't want to have to pay taxes anymore, which is something the Armageddon guys want for saving the world from the meteor and is specifically just some stuff that they ad-libbed for that scene where they're writing random requests on paper and <laughs> handing them to them. Like, yeah, we don't want to pay taxes no more. And that's such a good throwback. Good work, guys. I, I understood it. I know a lot of people didn't get that one, but whoever wrote that joke, it's fucking good. I got it. I've also seen Armageddon like nine times because I wrote a, uh, a a big bad thing about it, but whatever. Steven Tyler Sephiroth, that's all you gotta know. On that note, the next attack is Pac-Man in New York City. Um, they get little mini Coopers that are the ghosts that they have like the the light gun things affixed to. Can can you name them? Uh, Inky, Blinky, Clyde, and Winky. I don't Pinky. know. Though. <laughs> Pinky is the last one. Pinky, because it's pink. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, they get Pac-Man's creator to help, who's not actually played by the creator of Pac-Man, but he's supposed to be the creator of Pac-Man. The real and creator of Pac-Man uh, does not speak English. But he is in this movie, isn't he? No. Yeah, yeah. He has a. Uh, he shows up like to fix an arcade machine in one of the scenes, I believe. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's an arcade repairman. Yeah, his name is um, Iwatani. Satoru, right? Satoru Iwatani? Uh, just Toru. Toru Iwatani. Yeah, so uh, Professor Iwatani gets his arm bitten off by Pac-Man. Uh, so it's that, really... <laughs> I, I do want to point out, that scene is fucking hilarious. It is! Him saying, he's my son, don't worry, he's just became a big boy now. And he reaches out to Pac-Man, Pac-Man bites off his arm, and he just screams, fucking kill him, or some stuff like that. Yeah. Ooh, I was losing it at that. That was good it was, stuff. It was really funny, I liked it a lot. So... Uh, the, the three remaining arcaders, as they're being called, uh, start racing around New York. Um, they play Pac-Man, essentially. And, and Dinklage's car mysteriously gets places very quickly. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, uh, they win. And a big ball. Oh, and they get Cubert as a prize. Uh, a big ball is thrown for the arcaders, but Hall and Oates come on a screen and they say that somebody cheated. Oh, it was Dinklage who used a cheat code etched in his glasses. And he did the same thing when he was a kid, too, at the Donkey Kong Championship, which is what Maddie finds out. Uh, but before Maddie can tell anybody, he's abducted by the aliens. Oh, I haven't mentioned that, like, the two previous attacks where they lost, uh, the aliens um, abduct them, abduct one person as a trophy. Um, Sandler, for some reason, is blamed for, for the aliens being They think upset. he cheated. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and they kick him out of the mission, and then the Pixels launch an attack on Washington, D.C., with a lot of video game reference characters, like, coming down. Frogger jumping across, uh, Tetris stuff. The Tetris, I like the Tetris was thing. a good one. Yeah, that's lifted straight from the, um, the, the short. short film that this that's movie's based on, yeah. Yeah. Kevin James goes rogue and steals a bunch of the, the light guns um, and he gives them to Violet and Sandler and Kevin. Um, and then so Violet, Sandler, Kevin James 
and Kubert go to fight the boss on the alien ship, uh, which turns out to be Donkey Kong, which is bad because Sandler's bad at that game. He lost at that game. But Maddie tells him that Dinklage cheated and this restores his hope and he eventually defeats Donkey Kong. In the meantime, down on Earth, Josh Gad meets Lady Lisa, the character who is for some reason not pixelated, and they fall in love. But after the boss is defeated, all the pixels pixelate again, and she she's gone. And the scream that he makes is is so good. <laughs> so during the celebration of the arcaders, like the press conference on the White House lawn, Violet and Cedar kiss. Cubert gets to stay, like the trophies get to stay when the pixels all leave. But then Cubert like turns into Lady Lisa, and uh, she and Josh Gad make out, which is appropriately lampshaded by like I think Sandler says like yeah. isn't that weird who's just Cubert yeah anyone else weird out by that guy just being Cubert a minute ago yeah and Dinklage has uh, a threesome with Serena Williams and Martha Stewart in the Lincoln room in the Lincoln bedroom anyway Josh Gad marries Lady Lisa and they have Cubert babies the end <laughs> yeah um so what should we talk about first the the what could have been movie or why this movie is very much uh, an allegory for Billy Mitchell being a piece of shit. Why don't you talk about Billy Mitchell? Because you're just yeah. going to want to talk about him until you get it off your chest. That's true. If anyone's seen uh, either as two names, A Fistful of Quarters or The King of Kong, you'll remember Billy Mitchell as the guy that Steve Weeby beat in Donkey Kong uh, to become the best ever. Basically, long story short... Billy Mitchell has been cheating for the past, like, probably 20 years to regain his, like, throne of saying he's the best at video games, including Donkey Kong. Allegedly, yes. Well, one thing he did do is use a emulator to set a new high score in Donkey Kong and then lied about it. That's not allegedly. That is something that is proven. And then he said it doesn't matter. He still did it legitly. Um, he also doesn't record himself really doing any of these uh, high scores. He just shows the screen, which isn't something most people do. Um, his right-hand man, a guy named Todd Rogers, is the most notorious cheater of all time. Um, there's definitely a little bit of Todd Rogers uh, mixed into this character based on the fact that he's like constantly with two girls, which is something Todd Rogers always did. <laughs> um, he used to call himself the king of video games, Mr. Activision. Basically, they had this crony group where they'd say, we got this high score. Two of the pe two of the judges who are our best friends saw it. Therefore, we're going to throw that up on the leaderboard. And they did that for years and years and years. Most of their high scores are probably faked. Multiple times, uh, people have proven mathematically that the scores they achieved were fa false. Um, my favorite one is uh, Todd Rogers said he got like a score of uh, like... Uh, it's 1,698, but the score only goes up in increments of five, so his score is impossible. And when pointed out, he's like, you don't understand the human element, bro. Yeah. Basically, they're cheaters, uh, and then they actively will be litigious against people who call them cheaters after being proven they're cheaters. And when those people don't stand down, uh, they just drop the lawsuit because they live in places without slap laws. The libel claim are uh, libel claims are um, also really hard to prove. Yeah, in a lot of cases, you have to prove that it's 
a false statement, then you have to prove damages. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, cheating and making a false claim for yourself in order to, you know, sell advertisement basically for decades, you know, you can't get in trouble for that because there's no laws against cheating in video games, apparently. But I I do think now I believe in pl- prison reform, but we should make a special prison just for Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell, where they ha- can only play Pong against each other. <laughs> just my opinion, but whatever. Uh, yeah, um, Peter Dinklage's character was like a big old douchebag in this one. It mm-hmm. was great. Um, yeah, he, he does it really well. Yeah, he also does like the weirdest accent. You should listen this. to Billy Mitchell speak. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, the way that he talks sounds exactly like the kind of person who would cheat in a video game to make himself look cool and who would develop his entire persona around the, being the bad boy of video games. Yeah. I think it also, I mean, like, it's just a very good affectation that he's putting on. Mm-hmm. Am I, is Dinklage British? No, he's American. I have no idea. No, he was in yeah. Game of Thrones and only British people are allowed on that show. He's good at accents. It's not mm-hmm. like he can't do it. He did one throughout all of Game of Thrones. I thought that was just his normal voice. I, a lot of people do because a lot of people have only ever seen him in Game of Thrones. But I remember X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was an X-Men. He huh? was an X-Men, yeah. But that was, in, that was in 2014. Most people's like first taste of, of Peter Dinklage is from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that's unfair to say. But yeah, I think, though knowing about how like those characters have affected video games and putting them into this movie is a very interesting and like very I'm into video games thing to do without a doubt. It's the writing in this is coming from a point of view. That's not taking video games as a thing that are to be like made fun of constantly, which is what I would expect from your average comedy. Yeah. This is very much a typical 80s movie in that the nerds win in the end and they they get the girl like mm-hmm. to even to a ridiculous extent. And they they kind of reference that too. They um Josh Gad references weird science. Yeah, he said he was going to weird science himself a girl. <laughs> yeah. So he's super 80s. He's like a conspiracy theorist that talks about <laughs> All he this says, stuff. He, he reminds says, me of the lone gunman. He says JFK shot first. Oh my god, that's the funniest line I've like almost ever heard. Is he's in a rant? He yells that JFK shot first. <laughs> no, I mean he was like the best <laughs> character. He was so funny. Yeah, um, and he would have been better in the original. Let Let me give you some of these changes. Yeah, give me give me a taste. Give me a taste. So I, I don't have the original script, but I, I get some things. It seems as if uh, Adam Sandler was supposed to win the 1982 competition. And then after living on top for a while in like a little montage, he gets beaten by Eddie Plant in 1984, who then goes on to be like the king of video games. And people talk about how he was a quitter because he stopped playing after he's defeated because he couldn't figure out why he lost. Oh, which is good and thematic. I'm going to point out, but whatever. They later would talk about how they don't need Adam Sandler in the war room because he's an MIT dropout. Instead, they changed it to he went to the Missouri Institute of Technology. But I like the idea that he was smart enough to go out to MIT and then dropped out when it got hard. 
Yeah, I like that too. I like that a lot better. <laughs> this part I love. So you remember where uh, the Navy SEALs were trained? Yeah. In this, it's just a unnamed uh, base. So originally there's a subplot, it seems like. They go to Area 52 <laughs> and <laughs> go into this special place where they keep all the secret stuff, basically. See, that makes a lot more sense because they have a robot walking around with like... Yes. Um, and then they have... I don't, I don't know who Dr... I think Dr. Ben is the same character. But he, they they wrote in as a change less explanation from Dr. Ben of the aliens slash Roswell history because <laughs> they took all this stuff out of Area 51 and snuck it into Area 52 and it's they like know about aliens kind of apparently, which I think is really good. That's that's super funny. Um, I I don't know where they're going with that, but that would make sense for why they have high tech technology and stuff. Whatever. Uh, they deleted scenes of reporters asking the Arcaders questions and then Brenner's speech uh, to the press, which I think they needed that. They needed to have Adam Sandler become a public figure. I agree. Yeah, because what the movie felt like was like a lot of fight scenes where there's absolutely no impact on the world around them. Yes. Um, after the first battle, they do go get to uh, get Eddie Plant. But when uh, the president, Kevin James, says like, whatever, we don't need Eddie Plant after he's rude to him. And Adam Sandler like swallows his pride and asks him to help anyway. And that was cut out, which I'm like, I think it would have been good because he still thinks he's not the best, even though, you know, he cheated. And we know at the end he is the best. It's a good line. Shows his lack of confidence. <laughs> There's... There's something that just says the montage has changed. It has the new to old montage. They go to Area 51. They slow-mo walk across Zack and Bridge. Qbert battle on Zack and Bridge. Uh, there's a scene with the pyramids in the background looking like Qbert. There's, and this is where it gets points. There's two girls wearing Team Scotty and Team Ludlow shirts. They start making references basically to esports at this point. There's magazines showing them on it. There's a Letterman interview with them. Scotty's family starts wearing uh, T-shirts that say Team Scotty on it. Uh, the president signs a bill of some sort, and the the old military guys look angry, basically authenticizing. Authenticizing? Nope. What's, Authenticating. Uh, no, like authorizing is what I meant. Authorizing. To say. Okay. Authorizing the arcaders as like maybe a military group. I'm not sure. Um, and then it shows the guys hanging out in Area 52, waiting for the next thing. And then it shows uh, Chris Matthews on Hardball talking about the president's high approval ratings and the arcaders doing individual commercials. Basically, there's more time between these battles and you see the effects it has on the world, which I think would have been interesting. Then there's a scene where Adam Sandler explains that after losing in 84, he went from being, you know, the, the best in the world and famous to absolute nobody. Um, so that's why he quit. Because once, if you're only known for being the best at something, you lose everything when you're not the best at it. Which is just kind of a more interesting take on stuff. Is someone who used to be the best. Not someone who came in second once, but turns out he was the greatest all time. Uh, in the original, Eddie admits to Adam Sandler that he cheated, not to the kid. And that <laughs> makes Adam Sandler angry. And he quits the team and leaves all angrily because he blames... Uh, Dinklage for ruining his life basically that makes so much more sense just yes. like like a whole overarching thematic thing mm -hmm. at one point 
It says, it's Violet who knocks the lizard off the Washington Monument. Violet then reveals that they lost contact with the president's motorcade. Brenner looks upset. I don't know what happened in this whole area, but that sounds like a scene I want as giant lizard on the the Washington Monument. Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on with Washington attack either. Like They went straight, almost straight basically to the the ship you know for for what's supposedly making fun of disaster alien invasion movies they don't really focus a lot on that aspect yeah they have a a scene where cubert transforms into one of the frog or the crocodiles from frogger to eat the frogs attacking the president's motorcade which sounds like just a fun scene and explains the lady lisa thing yeah explains that cubert can transform into stuff apparently and then there's this which i think is the saddest line I've ever read is page 98. The battles with the jousters from joust have been cut. That's very sad. Dude, a joust like imagine Adam Sandler and and Peter Dinklage on motorcycles or mopeds. You could put Kevin James on Segway with light spears trying to kill digital ostriches. Now I'm going to tell you exactly like why that got cut. Some Sony exact exact didn't know joust or thought people wouldn't know joust. Yeah, I'm I'm sure about that. The scenes with Dr. Ben and Maddie watching from Area 52 have obviously been cut. Fuck you. Um, and then it says the scenes with the aliens, young Brenner, in quotes, explaining things and negotiating with adult Brenner and Violet have been trimmed, meaning originally they were using the deep fake of the 1982 victory and had Brenner be the voice of the aliens, which I think would have been a really good thing of the people attacking are literally Adam Sandler's past. Why else would you bring in Adam Sandler to this War Games thing unless they find out, holy shit, they're using Adam Sandler's voice and that's who they think, like, our champion is. That would have been a good way to tie him into the movie. That would have been so much better. And it would have made much more sense with, like, because they, they made a big deal about it being 1982 Galaga. Like, we already knew, like, what the thing... Like, we didn't need that as an audience... Yeah, yeah, that would have been so much better. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where they like cut out some stuff, probably for the better, but they, they cut out some stuff that like really takes away from the thematics of the movie. I think the idea of trying to like face yourself, your childhood self and who you think you're going to be is great. And then let me just read this final scene because they obviously cut some other shit and some of it probably worthwhile. The final scene. The mothership doesn't land on the White House lawn. Brenner, etc., come down in pixels. The humans don't get their own Zorex, but Cuber transforms into Princess Daphne for Ludlow. Eddie Plant apologizes to the group. President Cooper tells the world they're out of danger, and we see his speech from a bar where Alien Dan is sitting, and from Scotty's house, the First Lady kisses Cooper, Violet, and Brenner kiss. There's a few words in there. I'm like, <laughs> what's a Zorex, and who's Alien Dan? Yeah, um, yeah, some things have definitely been changed. I want to know who Alien Dan is. Yeah, um, a, a few of those probably for the best. We probably didn't need a Zorax in this. But I am sad to see, like, the stuff with young uh, Sandler's character seems pretty cool. You know, I think that the movie, again, though, <laughs> it was fine the way it was. It was a fine movie. It was, yeah. it's not as bad as so many people paint it to be. Mm-hmm. Was, sure, like, yes, the plot wasn't, like, super cohesive or anything, but it was fun to watch the video game stuff happen. 
I liked watching Adam Sandler in it. I didn't think he did a, he did a bad job. The scenes with Josh Gad, he was a scene stealer. Peter Dinklage mm-hmm. was a scene stealer. Kevin James did. I liked the George W. Bush references with Kevin James. That was really funny. Yeah, and and the general like they disliked him until he got in a war. Like they yes. literally just were making fun of Bush, which I you know I like. That's that's something I want in my movies is them making bumbling idiot Kevin James into George Bush and then talking about how he gets in the only reason yeah. he survived was getting to the war. Uh, well, the, they also lie to the press mm-hmm. about what happened multiple times. They say, like, oh, it was the drone technology gone wrong. And then in the war room, people are blaming Moscow. They're blaming Iran. Um, the, de- defense, uh, the defense secretary says, um, well, after Sandler says we were attacked by Galaga, uh, or the president says, I think. Um, the defense secretary says, well, sons of bitches, let's blow Galaga to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then he asks where Galaga is because he yeah. thinks it's a country. And then keeps saying things about Iran. And then someone says, oh, we're thinking Iran. when We should be thinking Google. Like, it's corporations attacking us. So he says, well, let's bomb Google. Like, he's just like a war hawk throughout this movie. Um, and he's really painted as a bad guy. And I think in the original, it seems like with some of the stuff they were mentioning, is that he had some knowledge of what was going on. And basically, I know you expected a coup from him in the movie of Uh some sort. I think that was in the original because they did have some hints towards that. Yeah, but I think because they used military stuff in this, Mm -hmm. the military and if, if the military lets you use some of their stuff in your movie, it has to be military propaganda. Like that's like what they require that is not an exaggeration yeah um there's stuff like they took out a scene of one of their uh airplanes being pixelized and the the pilot being kidnapped and just made them stand on the ground because they didn't want to show a plane like being destroyed stuff like that mm-hmm. although the, the the base was fine apparently yeah i don't know they're they're weird they're weird about it yeah, the rules. Yes, the rules for the pixel games didn't really make that much sense. That's I, they, fine. They didn't need to. Uh, they didn't either. need to. Th- that's something like, I'm sorry. If you went to see this movie about how 80s cartoon or 80s video games come try to destroy the world and Adam Sandler and friends have to fight back. Yeah. And you're like, well, the premise is fucking dumb. Like, f- fuck you. Don't watch it. It's not speculative fiction. It's <laughs> like, not speculative fiction at all. It's a kid's movie. It's meant to be a kid's movie. I mean, but specifically if you're like, well, it's it's a ridiculous premise and like that's not even how the game works. Like I wasn't talking about that. I was no, I'm saying the rules there, the rules for the game that the that I, I understand. Like the overall I'm, game, the war doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. What are you talking about? No. That that makes sense. What doesn't make sense about that? Okay. So how do they decide when they've lost the game? By three lives, which is a normal. No, 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 no. Like in each game. What are you talking about? So like when the centipede gets down to earth, how would you determine in the centipede game that that you've lost? Because usually it's when the centipede gets you. Yeah, when it kills everyone, which is what happens in the first one. It kills everyone at Guam. It doesn't kill everyone at Guam. Yeah, it does. They don't know what happened there because everyone's dead. If You're anyone's... adding things to the fiction. No, because they don't know what happened there. If a single person survived, they'd know what happened. They killed but everyone they... at that army base. That That's an indisputable fact. Otherwise, about... there's no scene where they're trying to figure out what happened. They would have known what happened. All right, all right. I won't have you poking false holes in this. There's enough haters out there. 
<laughs> it's a ridiculous premise, but within the premise, if we agree to their rules, it works. So because someone survived, they won. They shouldn't have been able to pick all the games. Seems yeah, unfair. That, I, I agree with that. Loser picks next game. That would have been an interesting way to do it. I would have liked that. And also they they got to decide who they took as a trophy, but also who they sent. I mean, we would have picked Cuber anyway, so. <laughs> well, I, I guess. <laughs> also, the trophies can change into whatever you want them to be, right? Like, that's that's a thing they do. Well, just Cubert. Uh, yeah, I guess he can. Because I, 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 I got to admit, I don't know much about Cubert. Can Cubert transform into anything he wants to be? No, he just jumps and, yeah. and swears. Yeah, he's got a dirty fucking mouth, that Cubert. Yeah, they should have made this a rated R movie and let him drop a couple F-bombs. Honestly, I want to hear him say the C word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Other than that. Adam Sandler's a boomer. Yes. They they have some references to the fact that, like, he's thinking about the heyday of video games. Um, He sees The Last of Us being played and he calls it, like, extremely violent. And I, I find it interesting because he then goes and shoots and kills a bunch of stuff. And are we supposed to see the <laughs> the mirror of that? The fact that he is literally training uh, like Navy SEALs to kill stuff um, in that same scene. And then he's like, wow, this game's super violent. And he makes jokes about how, or like this is not a joke, but his the quote I started it with was about how going down to an arcade playing video games was socializing. Like, you know, And it was the good old days, but like a ton of people would have called them nerds and said, like, that's not socializing. And I I see this as like a kind of tongue in cheek thing, because obviously today people are socializing using video games. And it's just something like 80s people wouldn't understand in the same way that, of course, arcades were a way to socialize. But a lot of people then didn't understand it and thought it was just melting kids brains. I I mean, I would agree with that if it hadn't been for Grown Ups 1, where he seemed to be very anti like he's like it seems like adam sandler believes that kids spend too much time indoors too much time with the screen and stuff like that and that they don't socialize that's just like the that's just like the feeling i get from some of his previous lines in other movies so i i agree a little but from seeing the characters he plays and what he chooses to do we know that he likes to play like old video games and like mess around on stuff i just think he's a bit of a luddite and doesn't like you know He's not on, like, Twitter and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's definitely uh, a Luddite. I think his idea of socializing is, like, specific. Like, get together with people. It's not a, like, let's text um, thing. His method of social socializing is making movies with people. I mean, that, that's a lot of it. Obviously, I've I, you can see uh, his work process is a method of socializing, too. He works with his best friends. You know, you, you know the crazy-eyed guy? That's just his assistant. Like, and has been for, like, 30 years. What crazy-eyed guy? Jonathan Lewin. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Lawfren. Um, yeah. Lawfren, sorry. Like, I and I, I think that's a solid criticism, honestly. I think having a all-not-in-person social life is not the healthiest way to live. Although, I know we're extremely online, especially now. But, like, I, I don't know if it's uh, the healthiest way for things to go by. And I think that that is, I think it's a good thing, A, to like actually keep in touch with people online, of course. I play video games with my friends all the time as a way to stay in touch. But like, it is different when you're together. 
and it's something that I don't think currently can be replaced is actually getting with people and like chatting for a while. No, I mean, I definitely saw that with my students. My students were champing at the bit to be able to see in person their friends and classmates again. Mm -hmm. Um, So desperate that they would do like social distancing parties where they would like all drive to a parking lot and sit in their cars and just talk with the windows down. Or they would go over to each other's houses, like to their yards and like sit six feet apart and draw in chalk and have lunch. Like kids still need face-to-face attention too. I think what a lot of people, I really don't, and kids don't like this attitude either. And when I'm saying kids, I'm talking mostly about teenagers, but this does apply for everybody. Kids don't really like it when people assume that just because they're spending a lot of time on their phone, that they are also not socializing face-to-face. Yeah, they are they are socializing so much more than I did when I was a kid to a point that it makes me like nervous for how much that they're socializing, because not only are they getting face to face time, but they are also like continuously connected. If anything, they should socialize less. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't disagree, Um, mostly because I think a lot of uh, my trajectory in life came from uh, the hours of like 10 p.m. to like 3 a.m. when I was a teenager learning weird shit and like reading books. Same. But like, I don't think they're making a criticism of children in this at all. Um, I know originally there was supposed to be a first person shooter scene instead of Donkey Kong at the end, which was or maybe instead of whatever came before Donkey Kong. I don't know, which I thought would have been a reference to the fact that, you know, games and stuff have evolved and how stuff's played has evolved and it would have been interesting to see like adam sandler and them like not understanding this new thing but yeah it's funny i I feel like i it seems like i took a hardline stance against like (laughs) video games or socializing socializing online as if it's not something i do a ton and personally oh yeah i rely on it so like i don't even i don't like hanging out with my friends in person until I haven't done it for like a month. And then I'm like, all right, we can hang out for a day. And then I'm back to being able to not hang out with them again. And it's great. I just like, I like to do my own thing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Some other things from this movie. A uh, little Sony exec bonus is they tried to get Tom Cruise to play the president in this movie. Why? What was the reasoning, Alex? Did they mention another movie that he was in? Um, No. They didn't, I thought, actually. I thought they did. Oh, did they? I thought, I thought they referenced Tropic Thunder. Oh. In the email. Yeah. they. Someone said something like he did really well in Tropic Thunder, and they're like, yeah, but no one knew he was in that movie, uh, and they wanted it to boost sales. So it was some weird stuff. But <laughs> so basically, they talked about how much it would cost to get Tom Cruise and if he'd want to do it and blah, blah, blah. Um, if you've seen this movie, you'd know Tom Cruise would be really bad in this. Um, they also point out that He's not so great for box office now that he's into that weird Scientology stuff now, which is a funny thing to read in an email. Yeah, <laughs> but they... I liked Kevin James playing the conservative president. I think it really works for Kevin James's image. Yeah. Um, and then the funniest thing is they sent that over to Alan Cover and Adam Sandler. Like, hey, we're thinking of Tom Cruise for this. And then they just respond with, no, it's going to be Kevin James. And then that was the end of the email thread. <laughs> <laughs> like so Sony's good. like we're thinking Tom Cruise like no do you get the movie because the movie isn't you know action star cool guy is the president that's doesn't make sense you make the fat doofus the president yeah 
Yeah. Um, other themes I wrote about was uh, you know, gamers are the only true American heroes at this point. Uh, vote for Ace Watkins in 2020. Hashtag gamers rise up. Don't actually. I, I don't I, know what I they're know. tweeting about right now. Uh, yeah, I so. don't either. I was just making the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm always worried about what uh, <laughs> what they're up to. Uh, they, it might be a bad day for them uh, and if someone listens to this in a year I don't wanna <laughs> they've done some some terrible shit and then I guess the only other theme in the movie is like the idea of useless skills and uh, people having nothing to give the community is bullshit and they talk about that a lot in the movie mm-hmm. which I like that's a, that's a good positive message you know although it does show like you know love low is way too into conspiracy theories and has harmed his life. They probably shouldn't have given him a anime girl at the end. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. <laughs> it is it is perfect for his character to get an anime girlfriend at the end. But uh, uh ooh. Um there is one other thing that I do I think we should mention cuz I I do think it affected the ga- the movie. Um, one of the production companies for this movie was the China Film Group, and that is a state-run film distributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and China puts a lot of restrictions on what can and cannot be in movies. So most definitely, because the fact that like th- this that China had such a huge influence on the movie, like for the Wikipedia page for country, it's listed United States and China. Because of that, there are a lot of things that you that you would be limited in. Um, a lot of that includes criticism of governments, um, queer people, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I also heard like one time that you like, I think skeletons, you can't have skeletons in things. I don't remember though. But that also helps to explain the very corporate feel of this movie. That all being said, again, as I said a couple times, I enjoyed watching this movie. It made like almost twice its budget back. It made way more than twice its budget back, but... You know, whatever. It, it was good. I mean, I, like I said, if I would, if I were a kid, I would have loved this movie. It yeah. would have been great. It made three times its budget, but. Um, so. Here on the Wikipedia page, it lists the budget as $88 million to $129 million. I don't know uh, what that's about. Its worldwide gross was $244 million. This movie was partially made due to uh, the action stuff for Chinese and Japanese audiences. Stuff like uh, the World of Warcraft movie Mm -hmm. uh, and the Transformers movies make crazy huge numbers in China and Japan because they will they love action movies. That's wild. Didn't know that. Yep. Um, Which is partially why they had probably the China Film Group Corporation help fund it. So there's something weird I saw um, on a user review, and I'm wondering, can you can you tell me? what the issue is um i think this person (laughs) i'm just thinking of the one that you showed me earlier yes it's not not that (laughs) i know i know ignore the review from critics the sjw's these days will find anything to complain about and they did with this movie too they want everything whether it be a movie video game or comic book to cater to them anything they find offensive immediately they claim to be insulting and they will overlook anything good about the movie just so they can talk negatively about it Never listen to an SJW when it comes to reviews. They are awful critics. What thing is he referring to? 
I don't know. Like, maybe the Lady Elisa stuff. Wait, maybe wait. The, the fact that Violet never talks about anything other than her ex-husband, even though she's, like, a super smart scientist person. But I've never heard any, quote, SJW critique of this movie. Yeah, I mean, there is issues with the movie that, I mean, we brought up. And Adam Sandler in the movie brings up the fact that he has, like, some weird fucking alien robot turned into, like, a, a sex thing for him. But, like... In my opinion, the movie is pretty, pretty much as anti-military and making fun of Bush as you can get without coming out and saying it. Don't listen to SJWs, so don't listen to me. Yeah. This movie is good. <laughs> oh, never mind. This movie came out during Gamergate. That's all. Of course it did. They, they're just coming up with whatever they feel like. <sighs> yeah. You know, if I watched this in 2015, uh, I would have... Um, hated it too because anything to do with video games in that year fucking sucked. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to listen to something that glorifies men in video games that year either. That's that's very fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are we watching tomorrow? Joe Dirt Two. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I it has a subtitle, but I don't know what it is. Um, it's Joe Dirt Two. Even dirtier. dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dirt Two. Back to. Oz. Uh, Joe Dirt 2. I'm going to keep digging this hole. Show Dirt 2. Party in the front and the back. Joe Dirt 2. How Joe got his mullet back. Oh, I found the real subtitle. It's Beautiful Loser. That, that fucking sucks. That one's it not does. nearly as good as how, it's, it's not how even Joe got his groove back. No. Joke. All right. Joe Dirt 2. European Gigolo. I don't no. hate it. Uh, Joe Dirt 2, Mall Cop. I'd watch that. I I actually would have preferred that movie. You know, I would love to see... Okay, Paul Blart, okay? Mm-hmm. Joe Dirt. Okay. Deuce Bigelow. Yep. And let's... What would be a good Adam Sandler one? Wait, one second. How the fuck didn't they have Alan Cover as Alex in this movie? Who's Alex? Uh, from Grandma's Boy? The, what? This, okay. This movie, Pixels sucks. Fuck Pixels. <laughs> it's in an alternate universe. Okay, he doesn't exist there. It's a it's a fine movie. It's like a 6 or 7 out of 10. 6.5. All right. You can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. <laughs> we talked about this movie enough. Yep. Um, you, uh, tell your friends about us. Tell them that we like the three movies that people hate the most. Uh, Pixels. Grown Ups 2 and Jack and Jill. That's the final verdict. Anyone who says wrong is otherwise or otherwise is wrong. Oops. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like like our pod. Like it. Subscribe to it. That's YouTube. But it, whatever. We, you can do all those things here. Yeah, do those things. Rate it. Leave a comment. Get into an argument with us on Twitter. See uh, if anyone else wants to try to speed run all 60 uh, movies while doing 60 podcasts on it. Get back to me with your time. I'm going to be the official bookkeeper on this one. Um, ours is uh, 61 days is what we're shooting for. If you can do it faster, fucking go for it. We dare you, in fact. You can't fast forward the movies. That's a fucking rule. Don't even try. You can have all of the revenue that we've made from this podcast so far as of today if you do that. Uh, that is negative because we have rented several of these movies. We had. Okay. We've already watched Show Dirt 2. Yeah. We had to buy it for twelve ninety nine. You can't fucking rent that one, dude. It sucks so bad. We had so to bad. buy it. 
we had to buy the movie, guys. Uh, <sighs> Someone needs to go buy Moonpunk right now um, <laughs> to, to pay for the sin we've done. Yeah, you can find Moonpunk and um, all of our other games at wannabegames.com. Alex, do we have any games that are like pixels? Oh, no. Nope. Sure don't. <laughs> well you can get a little bit of nostalgia going with a game called some assembly required where you play toys yeah that one's like the movie small soldiers but we're never gonna watch small soldiers so just just pretend we talked about it and then play that game you can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash wannabe games but instead uh, I, I mean, give your money to, to a, a good charity, but what I want you to do is to please call your governor and please call your senators and please call your representatives and tell them that, uh, they can't be sending kids back to school in the fall. I don't want to die. I'm not going to die for my job. Yeah. Unless, you know, we get rid of it first, just get rid of the COVID. That would help. And we do that by, you know, having an actual lockdown and not one that's, you know, just fake. Whatever. Wear a mask. Wear your mask over your nose. Anyway, you can see me get really mad about stuff like that on Twitter at, at Joska. Um, I, I decide I'm not making any more jokes anymore, and you can watch me do that <laughs> at Kitty Crusade. <laughs> no more jokes. Uh, take my wife, please. Take my wife, please.